I'ma make a hit, then take a hit. I keep it crispy like bacon bits when I break a what? You little widgets don't get me when I display my gift. Then well, you can take a seat, take a knee. You can always weave clean into dirty or dirty into clean. Like, it doesn't, like, I think it's harder to be dirty and then work your way to clean. It's just, like, easier to be clean and then just add dirty elements along, maybe to exaggerate the joke a bit, or if it's, like, a clean story, just, like, just throw some, you know, just throw a little pizz on it, you know, a little pizzazz. Yeah. Uh, we, need to, we, need to, we need to wait, because this is a great conversation. We need to hold on to that. We need to hold on to that. So hold on to that thought. Hold on to that beautiful thought. Do you guys want to start? Yeah. Okay, okay. ASA Podcast. Jesus, you're the point, man. All right, so introduce yourself first. So I'm Jesus Rodriguez, uh, stand-up comic from Detroit. Okay, go ahead, sir. And I'm Jack Reeves, and you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. All right, so the whole point is to get – so, like, the long-term plan of this podcast, right, is to just have, like, all sorts of, like, creatives from the area, right? But, like, obviously right now I just, like – <laughs> cough as much as you want. Yes. Cough as much as you want. Dude, that bong is crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. That's that essential. <laughs> That's funny. But anyway, right now, obviously, like I'm super. Uh, I I want to get to know all these comedians, right? So the 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 concept is like I pick a comedian, and they bring their uh, like comedian friends that they kind of run with, and then we get to kind of see what makes them tick. So what made you pick Jack? We were, uh, we were, I was, because uh, you had hit me up, and mm-hmm. then I was at, I was at Ghost Light, having a drink, having a bevy, and then I see Jack, and I'm like, hey, Mark asked me to be in a pod, do you want to get on with me? And I was like, we need to find a third, well, a fourth. Yeah. Like, and I was like, but I can't think of anyone. He's like, I can't think of anyone either. And then I, Nick was supposed to join us, but I, my bad, I was, I kind of ruined that, because that oh. wasn't a, a free Thursday. No, it's all good. Yeah, I kind of just mentioned it to Nick briefly at the end, uh, but, uh. Or, like, late last night. But, yeah, uh, I was thinking Kevin Rodriguez, but I think Kevin's already been on the pot. That's cool. I mean, honestly, it like, I do not care who, like, how many times. Like, if someone wants to, I would be, like, uh, flattered if they want to come on twice. Yeah. But it's, like, that's, like, it's kind of, like, nice. It, like, the whole point is to, like, pick someone and then they bring their crew and then let almost, like, me get out of the way oh. a little bit. So I'm not going to, like. I guess we're crew now, Jack. Yeah, yeah you, heck yeah. You guys are rolling deep. It's good you, to be here. <laughs> I just thought Kevin would be cool because then it would be like three Rodriguez's. Oh. You know, me, Kevin, and Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. Respect. Now, how, how old are you, Jesus? Uh, 30. Okay. Turned 30 in March. Okay. Okay. You turned 30. Happy birthday. Belated. Belated. Crazy belated. How do you like 30 so far? Everything hurts now. Mm. Prone. Get out of here, man. I'm more prone to injury. Get out of here, man. Just like, like, like I know, like if I like back in my younger days, like I could just get up and go. Yeah. And now that get up and go involves like stretching <laughs> and eating right. Get out of here. Get out of here. Like what kind of like get up and go? Like what? What are you? Walk me through. So now <laughs> yeah, you're waking up. Yeah, get up and up. go. You're waking up and you're getting a little. Like, are, do you stretch daily? I I try to like you know just do the you know. You know the yawning, <laughs> the, yawn <stretch. laughs> the yawn stretch. You know, I try the to Winnie those, the Pooh yawn stretch. Yeah, it was. I have like a my lower back kind of hurts a lot, so like usually in the morning I try to stretch it out. Yeah, especially like I, I lean against the frame and then I do the the stretching of the leg. I forget what it's called. I looked it up on YouTube. Nice. It's supposed to help Hell nimble yeah. you up. Nice. And Jack, how old are you? I'm 23. Dude, you're All a puppy, man. 
yeah i don't know i uh i don't know i'm kind of inspired to be here because i know you're like a, a coach and i old was, well no you're like a physically fit guy oh, so i was kind of hoping that like we could get some advice i mean i know jesus mentioned to me when we pulled up that he's been trying to work out a little bit more i'm always yeah. trying to get in a little bit better shape so yeah. like just help us, Mark. We could do a heart attack. I've, I'm trying to get uh, me and Lewis Carr. We're supposed to do uh, the Shout heart. Out Lewis, he, yeah, he put in work. Dude, he looks good, man. I haven't seen him in a while. I'm, he looks good. I can't wait to see you, Lou. <laughs> I have not been around. I've been kind of MIA. Yeah, I haven't seen you around. Yeah, there's that's a whole long story, but uh, not a long story. It's a stupid story, but uh, I've been MIA, so I just saw like a picture of him, dude. He looks he looks great. Uh, but we could do the heart attack workout if you guys want to do it at the. I park. mean, it, the name of it doesn't sound like the most fun. No, it's not fun. So it's miserable. That's the problem I have is like when I go to the gym, like people are always like, you know, you got to push through and it'll yeah. like, you know, you're going to feel like shit the first couple of yeah. times you go. And then I'm always like, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like shit all the time. Ooh, see, I, I'm trying to like be, I'm trying to like get miserable. But oh, why? That's... Like, what is fun about that? Just what because you fun? know, like you're doing good no. for your body. No, I don't know. No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know why. I. I don't know. I don't know. It's probably. Uh, maybe it's like an excuse. You know, if I'm like miserable now, I can do some hanging out later. That when I was uh, like a year ago, actually, when, what I was like running heavy mm-hmm. right before I started comedy. You ran a half marathon or a marathon? I ran a half. Ran a half. I was. Uh, I was gonna do the full, but I got injured. Uh, same thing after yeah. thirty. Yeah, no, it was my IT band. I was like, uh, I, I I overdid it. That's what like the PT guy was saying. Yeah. Like, I just overworked it too much. Not yeah, not enough recovery time. I just too much get up and go. Too hard, too too hard, too fast. Basically, I didn't ease into it. Yeah, because I was like, but like back to the whole the pain thing. Like it was uh, the one of the best things about running, like running those longer distances. Like once you hit like those eight ten mile runs. Yeah, like just like that shower after just drenched in sweat. And you're, and it's basically the most guilt-free fun you can have for the next day, as long as you work out either the following day or the day after. It's like the most guilt-free fun you can have. Yeah. You don't feel guilty about grabbing a slice of pizza. No. You don't feel guilty about having the extra beer. Stuff. Oh yeah. So it's it's a yeah. lot of fun, and you you know, it comes with a lot of you know physical benefits, like yeah, more superficial benefits, I guess. Like, yeah. You know, you clothes start fitting better. Hell yeah. You run that like ten mile miserable run. And then you can do whatever you want. You just crush ten white claws after. Yeah, one beer every mile is what the rule is. We'll go. We'll go. Where do you? Where are you going to the gym at? I go to Planet Fitness. Ooh, I'm also a member. Are you a uh, the Same. black member? Where Dude, you can I can go, go any, anywhere. Anywhere I want. See, I have rich. that, and I like it because I'll go to one every like a different one every like three months. Yeah. And then I'll be like, all right, that's it for the next three months. I I had the black membership, and then I just downgraded. Okay. To just like the single gym. It's like the new gym out in New Center, right where that new Detroit Business Facility is at. Yes. Just because I was like, oh, I'm going to work out at any Planet Fitness. And then I had that for the longest and I was like, never touched any other Planet Fitness. Dude, the Planet, I just got back from that big road trip and the Planet Fitness was money for the road trip because they're everywhere. So I'd like go into the, I would like go somewhere or like get kind of like in the woods for a couple days and like there'd be no shower. Why my camp shower? Oh, that van life. Yeah, the van. Well, trailer life, trailer life, not van life. I'm not, I'm not riding the van. But uh, anyway, it's cool. All right, so I have a serious question, right? So I'm 39, right? So I'm kind of like accessing this comedy thing as like a 39 year old, right? So, like, what is? I guess like I wish I I kind of found it when you did. Same, mm-hmm. right? So like, what do you think the advantages and disadvantages of starting? 
I mean, you don't think you're young, right? Because you, you, you're 20, you never think you're young, whatever. But like right. in my eyes, you're like crazy young, right? Mm-hmm. You're like just getting started on the whole like thing. So like, what is the advantage of it? Or disadvantage too, go ahead. Well, I guess, uh, I don't know, like, yeah, I mean, comedy from everything I've heard from other comedians is like kind of a long game. Like a lot of comedians don't really like make it till they're doing it for like 20 years. Yeah. So like, I guess the advantage of it is like, you're less likely to die by the time <laughs> you make it when, when if you start young. But I also think like maybe the disadvantage just because I'm like somebody that's pretty like introverted and I don't like have a lot to talk about a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah. So I feel like the advantage of starting later in life is like you guys probably have a lot more stories and like Dude, yeah. things to talk about and like maybe just a little bit more perspective on life yeah. that uh, I maybe don't. Okay. So that's why, like, I don't know, I always just kind of resort to, like, writing, like, the silly jokes because... They're good, though. They're very good. They're good, man. They're good, good. (laughs) I had, I, I, you know, I had, I had seen you at, like, a couple, I mean, a bunch of open mics, right? But I don't think I've ever saw you at, like, a, like, a show-ish, right? That was kind of like a show-ish. So you saw, like, a real audience, Mm -hmm. you know, not just a bunch of, like, comedians that had seen all your stuff over and over again. Dude, they loved you. Hell yeah. They loved you, man. Well, and it, like, worked out, I felt like, when I walked up there because I just had the two bald guys go right before me, and then I just had an easy, like, oh, look, another bald guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which I kind of made that joke earlier when I was like, oh, three, three uh, Hispanic comedians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> three good, Rodriguez's. Dude. Now, what made you start? So you started at, what, 28? I started around? at 29. It was, like, May 13th or something like that, 2020. I yeah, I feel I remember 21. Yeah. I remember uh, I have a st- distinct memory of you. Maybe it wasn't your first time, but it was like when you're maybe your first five at the uh, your brother was there, too. And that's why I like distinctly remember because I was like, who is up? Yeah, th- you up or what's going on? Because you guys are <laughs> twins. And with uh, uh, at uh, gosh, damn it. Parts and labor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that was probably early on. Yeah, it was way early because my brother came yet yeah, to like one of the first time for yeah. sure. And then he just never came back out again. Well, yeah, right. I mean, what's he going to do? Come to everyone. Well, what made you pick it up kind of at that, like, mid, like, late 20s thing? It was pushing late 20s. Uh, no, it was uh, – I've always wanted to do it, right? Yeah. I've been a fan of stand-up, my whole, like, I'm guessing most of you, like, both, both of you yeah, my whole yeah. life. And then just, like, my friend just gave me a little push. She, like, was like, you know what? Just do it. Just go. You're not going to be happy till you do it. You need a new hobby anyways. Okay. So I, I went to an open mic. I didn't go up. I saw a couple people bomb, and I was like, "Okay, I I can do this. Like, I can not. No offense to the the comics that, was, that yeah. bombed, but like, you know, I it helps seeing someone not do as good. Yeah. And then I guess I just like I was like that next day. Uh, the next day, I was like texting my friends. I was like, "I'm gonna do an open mic next week. I need all of you guys to hold me accountable and like just talk a lot of crap about me if I don't go to yeah. the mic." Yeah, and then I went. First mic was at Trixie's Bar in Hamtramck. Okay, and then just that's an intimidating one because there's a lot of good people up there. I, I it is intimidating, but I feel like the, they're so welcoming to the most part, yeah. and half the comics aren't paying attention to your jokes anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, there it's like either the crowd's great or yeah. it's just comics, and then you're like, all right, this is just kind of a you know usual open mic. I do lo- I love Trixie's because it feels like relatively low stakes in the sense that like you can just try new stuff people will some comics will listen some won't and then mm-hmm. you're like all right this is this is pretty average i would say yeah yeah where was your first one at the very first 
open mic I ever did was in Grand Rapids at a because I went to Grand Valley. Oh, nice. And uh, I started doing comedy at the Grand Valley. There was like a club on campus. Oh, come on! And, That's perfect. Uh, I started doing it because I like one fall I was like going to the. They have that thing at the beginning of the school year where like they show all the clubs. Yeah. On campus, and there was a stand-up one, and I was like, I'll go to the meeting for that. Like, I'll see what it's about, and when you go to the first meeting, they don't tell you this, but they're like, Hey, since you came to this meeting, you're going to do three minutes of stand up like tomorrow. Oh, nice. like, that's smart though. Yeah. That's and smart. I, and like, they were like, no questions. It's like, you cannot show up, but at that point, like you're just bailing on yourself. So yeah. they're like, we're just going to say like you're going to do trial by fire. Yeah. Yeah. So then I would like freak the hell out. Cause I was like, I don't know what to even talk about. So then I went home and I wrote this whole thing and I, pra- I like skipped classes. I just <laughs> practiced it. Like I rehearsed it. Yeah. And then, um, like I, I practiced it all day and then like 30 minutes before the open mic, I like had a freak out and I was like, or before the show I had a freak out and I was like, this feels too rehearsed. I got to do something different. Yeah. So then I just told like a crappy joke and it just went terribly. <laughs> But uh, uh, do you ever do that three minutes that you rehearse? Did you ever get it out? No, but it is a good story. It's a story about like one time when my dad left me and my sister in the gro- or in like a Marshall's store. Okay. Because we were like misbehaving. <laughs> okay. And then uh, trial by fire. <laughs> yeah, trial by fire. <laughs> yeah, he left us there because he like he was just annoyed. Like we would just be like these bad kids where we would just like run in and out of the coat racks. Obviously. And, yeah, and like just goof around, and he always used to be like. You, know, you guys got to stay by me. Like you can't be goofing around in the store because you know he's like, I'm just trying to get my shit and get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, yeah. we kept messing around, and he's like, if you guys keep doing that, I'm gonna leave you here. And then we were like, oh whatever, and we just uh, ran off. And then I remember vividly, like we came <laughs> out of this like coat rack, you know, or yeah. we were hiding in. And then I see my dad just walking out of the store, Dude. and like my first instinct was like, we're Marshall's kids now. <laughs> <laughs> like we live here and then the best part of the story is so then my dad just did that to scare us and teach us a lesson so he went out to his car got in his car pulled it up to the front of the store and then he came back in and got us while he came in and got us he was parked in the fire lane and he got a ticket (laughs) oh my god and he was furious and i was like what a funny story where like He's just trying to be a good dad and teach a lesson and kind of scare his kids into being a little bit better. Yeah. And then he gets a fucking ticket. Yeah. So yeah. good. You just tell a story, man. It's... That's good. There's a lot in there, man. Yeah. There's a lot in there. Now, you got you got a sister? Yeah, I have a little sister. Okay, cool. Um, She's the best. She just got her driver's license. Uh, Ooh, dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, well, I always think it's funny, like, when people, you know, like, when their kids get a, they get their license or whatever, and it'll be like, uh, they'll make a Facebook post being like, uh-oh, Mason got his license. Stay off the road when he's out there. Yeah. I like how, like, the convention is, like, to make a joke where it's like, Mason might kill you and your whole f***ing <laughs> family. <laughs> Watch out for my son who I raised. Uh, yeah. Could, could be a, a vehicular manslaughterer. Dude, that's a joke. That's a joke. That's a great joke, man. Did you write that one down? <laughs> well, I was thinking about that. That's like, a great joke. It's such like a played joke to be like, well, stay off it the is. road. It is. But it, it like is. the implication is like, I'm a bad parent. <laughs> I'm a terrible parent. My kids shouldn't be driving. Yeah. Dude, that's great, man. Um, So, G, I, I want to give you a compliment, too. I gave you the compliment when I saw you, which is legit. These aren't like fake compliments. These are like legit. Uh, so, um, it's been really fun to watch you get so comfortable. The last time I saw you, I can't remember where it was at. It was at like a, I want to say like an independent thing. Yeah, I think it might have been the showcase. It was a showcase type of thing. And I just was like, damn, 
dude. Like you, like you, 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 you always, you know, you had like all, like the premises were always good, and you could always tell like there was like stuff there. But uh, like the last time I saw you, you just like look comfortable. You look like in command. So congrats, that's cool. It's fun to see that. Thanks. Yeah, that's fun to see that. Well, I'm always curious as like, so you did comedy, whatever. You said it went horrible. You said you did a couple. Like, what was the first like bite? Where you're like, ooh, this is this is some this is the thing. This is the thing. Well, my first time wasn't terrible. Okay. And I, I think ever since then I was hooked. Okay. And I like I did the the one thing you're not supposed to do. I had my little brother record my first set. Why not? Yeah. Why I was not? like, they're like, oh, you don't want them. Like there's back and forth. I've, I've heard both sides of it. But I was like, I need them to record this because if I never do this again, like at least I have like this one time yeah. that I did it. Yeah. And then I got a couple laughs and some of the bit like the premises that I had, and I got like a compliment on one of the premises, and I was like, okay, so maybe I can pursue. Yeah. Trying to be a funny guy. Yeah, yeah. Were you always like the funny guy? Like we always do like in the group. You got a big. You roll with a big crew. I see your stories. Yeah. You got a crew. You got a hangout crew. Yeah. Are yeah. you like the dude cracking everybody up type of thing? I mean, we're all pretty funny, right? I mean, like we all we all grew up in the neighborhood. And you know, just your standard grew up in the hood. Yeah. Or, you know, and I'm like of the era of right before we got smartphones. You know, tsunami. We were all outside, inside by six thirty. So What's tsunami? What's tsunami? Dragon Cartoon Network. Oh, geez, I'm thirty nine, man. You know, actually, I do knew that. I do know about yeah, that. Yeah. I'm not gonna front. I do Was know about Justice that. Justice League on tsunami. I don't remember because uh, we were watching. Um, we would we would we would be hanging out and then just like it's your standard story. You know, we, we would stop hanging out to go watch Dragon Ball Z, and then we would. Some of us would come back out, like if it's like on a Friday, we'd come back, hang out some more, and just like talk about Dragon Ball Z, or we, you know, pick up the next day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, you know, playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards with these kids, and um, you know, we would just roast on each other. And then I went to a public high school, Cast Tech. Shout out Cast Tech, Detroit, Michigan. Okay. And then the lunch table where it was just like just constantly getting roasted. And then I remember first time i roasted someone back because i was pretty timid like freshman sophomore year yeah and then i was just like i'm done being timid yeah and i just roasted someone back and they're like oh watch out for jesus because he's gonna give you the jokes right back and then that's when it started and then just i guess i was pretty good at telling stories yeah yeah to my, to my friend groups and stuff like that yeah like, so they would always come to me like jesus tell a story because like because i a lot of people like especially since you guys started doing comedy i don't know if you noticed like people will drag out a story or when they think something is funny in the story, yeah. they'll like emphasize it. It's just like, oh, the funny part was over here, dude. Like, yeah, focus yeah, on that. Yeah, like, yeah. Too yeah. much build up, not enough payoff. I, I was always, I was always the storyteller, right? Major key. Major key. But it's hard for me. Like, I can, I'm like, because you know, you're like, you're more aware, right? Because you, like, right there, you're like, oh, oh, Jack said that. That was funny. That was good. Like, put that in. Write that in. Write that down. You know. So like, when you say something, or like you throw a random punchline out in a conversation not on purpose i'm always like dude put that in the phone right put that in the phone but with a story i can like i'm telling a funny story and i get everybody laughing but sometimes i have trouble getting that story that's making them laugh into the into a punchline thing because if you watch those like you know you watch someone's stand-up special and they close with a big story right a lot of times that's the case if like i've noticed that even though they're telling a story they're breaking that story up, even if it's like a catch, like Kevin Hart he, when he does it, he has like catchphrases, yeah, and he just says the same like catchphrase, which is funny, but it's like when that story, uh, maybe have like have a thirty second narrative, he'll hit that catchphrase every ten to fifteen seconds to like keep the jokes every fifteen seconds. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I'm having trouble figuring that out. So what I, because I, I, I don't do many stories now. Just it's just really hard when you have like five minutes on an open yeah. mic. Uh, when I'm telling a story to my friends. 
I basically just write down the parts of the story that are getting the laughs, not the buildup, oh. none of that. So I break the story down just into the laughs. So I know like these are getting the big laughs from my friends. Like I know these parts of the story are yeah. funny. So base, uh, so you just trim all the fat off of the story. All the only context that's necessary to make the the, the funny part funny yeah. is what I keep in. Oh, so you're like you're getting the laugh. And you're taking that part out, and then you're reverse engineering yeah, the so, back part. So you tell the that whole story, sense. whatever's funny, whatever's getting them rolling, that's what you write down. And then you just break the story up into just the funny parts. Yeah. And then you just Dude. build your standard joke around yes! it. Yes! And then you can, like, if you can kind of identify those spots where you're like, okay, this is like a punchline or this is like a funny part, then you can, like, start to, like, just either be, like, elaborate on that, where you can just, like, then you're, like, hitting more punchlines or you just have like a weird thing that's kind of going off track. But then like, you know, I don't know. I always, always kind of view it like you kind of have like pit stops along the way of your story where you're like, okay, I know like maybe these five details are like funny about Mm -hmm. the story. And then when you get to that one detail and that hits and lands, then you can be like, okay, add a little bit to it, tag it, Mm -hmm. go there. And then you're back on the story and then you're kind of like branching off and then like, at least the nice part with stories, especially like ones at the end of comedy specials and stuff is like, there's normally like some level of like awareness or enlightenment where you're like, wow, that was like a cool story to even hear. And the fact that it was hilarious is great. And like stories are cool because like, I mean, we all have cool stories, you know, like I always think about like storytelling comedians, like we all, we all have like stories that we share with our friends and stuff. And I'm sure you have stories that, like, you know, from your past where, like, you've told them so many times that you already know the beats. I got the beats, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, you you retell them with friends and you already know the beats. And stand-up is, like, that exact thing. Yeah. Because then you just have this one story where you're, like, I know there's going to get a laugh there. I know I'm going to expand on a little bit there. I'm going to get back. They're already going to know the story's funny and they're going to be on board and then, like, yeah, this uh, part of the really cool thing about this podcast is I feel like I'm taking a free, uh, like master's comedy class because I'll get like everybody's, um, uh, I get like kind of like the way their brain works a little bit, and then I'm like, oh gosh, damn, like that was golden, that was golden. Um, I try. Would you guys be interested in this? So I'm trying to get like a, a one of the local bars in Clawson to uh, like give me their back room, uh, like on a weeknight. And so I would get uh, 10, it'd be 10 people, be once per month. So it wouldn't be like played out, it'd be once per month. Uh, I would sell tickets cheap. Like, honestly, I just want to sell tickets for five bucks just so I would know. That's a major key. I know a lot of people are scared to sell tickets, but I'm like, sometimes you got to. I want to know how many people are coming. Yeah. Right? And I want to make it like, you know, you get, you, you talk to four friends and you're like, oh, dude, I'll be there for sure. Especially if it's a once a month thing. But they're not going to come, right? Yeah. But if you if they buy a $5 ticket, you're like, oh, hey, did this. And like, oh, dude, I did then they're coming, right? Just because they, whatever, who cares about five bucks, but they'll come because of five bucks. But it would be a seven minute uh, storytelling show. Hell yeah. I've, I've heard of the, like. I didn't come up with that idea, no, but no, I want to yeah, do it around no, here. I've, I've heard, yeah. of, like, that's one of my biggest gripes with like Detroit comedy, open mics and like, just like shows. Yeah. It's like your standard for like showcase format or your open up, open mic, show up and go up or your certain shows are pre-booked. But you know, I've, I've gone to Chicago to do like stand up and they have like, different 
different types of mics, right? Yeah. Where I know there's they have one where it's like eight bit comedy. They do that out of Lincoln Lodge, and you know you can you, they give you up to eight minutes of stage time, but it can only be on one bit. So it really forces you to stretch a bit out. Oh, and wow. It's a really good writing exercise. You know, it helped me stretch out a three minute bit up to like seven eight minutes, right? And then they have another one, Spitfire Comedy, where they eat a chili pepper. <laughs> Nice. And then they go and do their set. You know, these little little sounds miserable, but that's awesome. You know, it's just cool because it just like brings you on your toes. It like switches up the format of how you're thinking. And I, we all think for the most part, right on stage. I here do and not. There, I do not. I'm not there, good like, at that. I'm not good at that. You know, like just like, you know, you might tag a joke a little differently if you know someone says something in the crowd. Totally. Or, yeah. You know, I think just switching up the format just really helps with like. Oh, you know, you just ate a chili pepper, or you're telling a story. Yeah. Changes the way you look at a joke, or the way you've been telling a joke. You're forced. You're forced. Like you need to be forced. Yeah. Like you said, you had, uh, you purposely, like you looked at the open mic list for a while, then you went to open mic, and then you scouted out, and then you forcefully like told your friends. I did the same thing. I looked at the open mic list for a year, and then finally I was like, "Hey, buddy," um, I told my friend, "I was like, hey, we're going to this open mic on this day." And then you can't like what's out. Can't back out. You can't back out. And then I, you know, then I got caught. Now, what was your? When did you get caught? Like when you're like, ooh, this is my thing. Probably. So I was in Grand Rapids, and there was a, a contest like called funniest person in Grand Rapids. Okay. And uh, it would just be like it's kind of similar to how like the Detroit to L.A. contest is at Mark Ridley's. Yeah. Um, so it's just like two people move on and then there's like a judge vote and an audience vote. And I remember like that was the first time that I like really performed at like a comedy club. Yeah. And like there was like a really good audience. And like I had mostly just been performing in front of like a couple college students and like my friends. Yeah. Um, so when I did the the funniest person in Grand Rapids, like I remember I, like I told a joke and it got like a big laugh and I was like, I feel like a comedian. Like, I, I actually feel like a comedian, yeah. and, like, that feeling is great. I mean, you guys know, like, even when yeah, you get a big best. laugh on a joke, and you're like, God, I could touch myself or something. It's the best. I said this ad nauseum, but whatever. I'll share with you guys. By the way, whatever you want in the fridge, upstairs fridge, I, those are on the table. Like, do your thing. Um, the water runs for days. Do your thing. Heck, yeah, uh, I love it. Yeah, the water runs. Uh, it's the closest thing I can get to, like, the high-stakes sports because you – you know, you have this crazy pressure moment, and then you, you do something good or bad, and then you deal with the consequences. And if you do something good, it's like awesome for a split second. Then you got to figure out the next thing, and so that's kind of what the joke. You know, you say that joke and you put it out there, and like it either, you know, falls flat, which is soul crushing, soul crushing, or it hits, and it's like the best feeling in the world for like zero point zero 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 one second, and then you're like on to the next thing. No, okay. Here's a question. So you guys are like been doing it. You're getting paid for gigs, right? You both yeah, been paid yeah. for gigs for sure. A bit. Uh, you're kind of like not in, a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. But like you're in. The, you guys are. I consider you guys both in the mix. In the mix, right? Like I'm seeing you guys on shows that are like real shows where there's real people going, and they're not just like not just open micers, right? So when did you have your? We'll start with uh, you started first on the last one, so we'll start with you first this one. When did you have your oh dude I'm a comedian moment? I don't know. I think uh, it's hard to say. Like just because like I don't know with the pandemic kind of like happening. Like I remember I had a bunch of shows lined up for that like March of 2020, mm -hmm. and I remember like I was gonna be like because I was in college. 
I was finishing up my junior year and like my thought process was going to be like, I'm going to go into this like this summer and like just do as many open mics as I can and like really kind of give it my all. I remember that March I booked like 17 like open mics slash shows Mm -hmm. and I was like, like I'm going to try to do it because for the most part before I was only doing like one or two a month. Yeah. And then COVID happened and I just didn't really get to do anything. And then like, I don't know, there was like a long period during the pandemic where it was kind of like, I don't even know if like comedy is something that I'm going to continue pursuing. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Like it would be nice, but like, you know, I thought the world was ending for a hot minute there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Isn't that crazy to think about back then? (laughs) Like I'd say in the first three weeks, I think that was at its peak, like in the first three weeks, maybe month where you... We're kind of like, is water going to be on tomorrow? Like, wh- like people did not really know, and people were freaking out. Yeah, yeah. We we left school, so s- spring break was happening. I'm, you know, baseball season in the spring, so you know, I'm all b- baseball, 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 right? And so, uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to get a practice in before. You know, I think they're going to shut school down, so I'm trying to get the practice in. That's what I was worried about, right? Like getting the practice in, and so they shut us down, and they were like. Hey, we're going to go to spring break early for one week. We'll come back for spring. It'll be a two-week spring break. We'll come back. We'll let it settle. And then everything will be cool. And then we didn't come back for like a year and a half. Yeah. Right? I shut down all my birthday. Yeah. That's wild. But anyway, back to your story. I hijacked your story. Continue. So like pandemic, you weren't sure if you were going to keep doing it. Yeah. And then like as things started opening up, I started doing like the open mics again and like started getting booked on shows. And like then I would say that's when things kind of started picking up where like I was taking it a little bit more seriously but also like there's just more to do okay but i guess like the first like moment where i was like wow i feel like a like a i could be a comedian is probably like when i host i hosted at ridley's for the first time yeah this year. nice and man. like that was just cool because like you know part of comedy like it's fun to do but yeah. like the hosting and stuff there's like a little bit more responsibility that i never yeah. really like had that was involved with comedy before so like the fact that you're kind of like okay, I'm the host of the show, so I'm, like, in charge of, like, making sure that everybody's timing is, like, you know, you're giving them the light, and then mm-hmm. you're you're giving the information to the audience and stuff, and I was, like, this feels like it's, like, a a job in a weird way. Yeah. But it's, like, it's so cool to be able to do it, and then, like, for the fact that then at the end of the weekend, they pay, they give you a check, and you're, yeah. like, cool. Like, that's... You did it for the whole weekend. Yeah. You did a weekend. Wow, that's impressive, man. Yeah, who'd, I just, you, who'd you host for? I hosted for Josh Sneed. He's okay. a Cincinnati comedian. Okay. I hadn't heard of him before, but he's just like a hilarious dude. Very like kind of chill, deadpan yeah. uh, delivery. And he was like super nice and had like cool stories. So it was cool to like hang out in the green room and like yeah. listen to this guy who's been on the road before tell you stories about his whole comedy career. And then he gives you some feedback where he's like, hey, man, keep going. Like, you yeah. know, like you're funny. So then you're like. Hell yeah. Yeah. See that I think it's so cool that you're uh, 23, 23, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're like you're you're doing all like we all kind of came in similar, right? So like you're doing these things. I never hosted it really, so I'm not comparing myself to you, but like you're doing these things that are kind of similar, but like you're setting your base like it's your base, right? Mm-hmm. And you're setting your base like so like early and like you said, right? Like 20 so like, you know, that's I'm 39, whatever. Yeah, so some like, of us are you're 30. Older you're 30. Like, I can't wait to host. Yeah, you're 30. What I'm saying, like, yeah. you're still like, and like, so your base is so early, and you're like building. So like, imagine, 
like where you'll be at like 30 imagine if you so it's cool it's really yeah, cool yeah. that's really cool and i really like like how there's kind of like a weird like uh you start comedy and you kind of have like the class that yeah. you're with so like you know people that all kind of started around the same time it's cool that we're all like kind of out here doing it doing the open mics getting yeah. booked on shows we're starting to progress a little bit and it's like cool to see like you know we're kind of like moving through it together in a weird way yeah it is cool now what was your uh i'm a comedian moment I haven't really had it. I mean, like, I, I go through my phases of, like, oh, yeah. I, I guess my big one where it was, like, don't quit it was uh, it was actually Nick Tanaglia's, uh, it was his birthday, and he uh, he was, uh, you know, his, the shit show, yeah. and then he had all his friends there, and it was just brutal, because, you know, all his friends, everybody was hammered, drunk, yeah. and I just remember going up there doing three three minutes for that uh, the shit show open mic, where, you know, you have people heckling yeah. you, and I was able to just control the drunk people, get my jokes out, and I just, like, ran out. And I just remember some of his friends came out and were like, "Dude, that was really funny," oh, okay. and telling me that, like, they're telling my punchlines back to me and saying, "Like, that was hilarious." Yeah. And that that was like the big like, "Okay, keep doing this, dude." Like, there's something there. Just keep keep grinding. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah, that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like, that's awesome, man. That's so awesome. Like, All right, now on the same, like in the same general thing, but the opposite. What was your like? I'm a loser. What am I doing? This is ridiculous. Like, have you had a moment like that? Or not really? Wow, that's amazing. I, mean, I early on, you know, I listen to a bunch of podcasts where they talk about bombing just being part of yeah. the process. So, like, I knew that if I was going to do this, like, bombing yeah. was just going to happen. Yeah. And I've seen it where, like, I've seen some comics get shaken up by a bomb, right? Especially early on. Yeah. You know, they just take the bomb too seriously. And I forgot who I heard. You know, you just got to learn how to bomb gracefully. You learn more yeah. from your bombs, you know, than you do some good sets. Like, I'd rather, yeah. you know, what's a giggle? You know, I'd rather bomb and just get a giggle, you know? Like, yeah. Because at least I can, like, okay, what like, the giggle, a giggle is. A giggle is like charity. Yeah. And it's just like, at least with the bomb, I was like, okay, what about this joke isn't working? What about this? Especially when you're coming up with, like, brand new material and stuff like yeah. that. Not everything's going to hit. Yeah. I I I don't know. I have one. I'll share mine. But if you do, you have one or no? Or I do. But do you have like a specific one, Jesus, that you think like, oh man, that night was like terrible. Like I'm quitting. Like I'm a quit moment. I have my I'm a quit moment. Like I have it in my face, not in as, my head. I can't <laughs> not pinpoint one specifically. I think it was just like, I think at one point I think I'd have been doing it because like someone told me that like a year in comedy is 365 days or 100 mics. Like which one do you want to do? I was, I'll do the 100 mics, and I think I was 30 or so mics in, and I was just, I felt like I wasn't progressing. Yeah. I was like, I'm not getting anywhere. Like, I was, this is a waste of time. I miss my friends. Yeah. So, like, I, I was missing out, I was missing out on a whole bunch of social stuff. Where I was like, I think like two, three months, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this. I want you to hold on, hold on to the missing friends thing. Do not, like, where's my Sharpie? I'm going to write that down because I, I want to talk about that big time. Um, all right, Jack, tell us yours. Um, so I guess like, I think the thing that's interesting is like when I started, like, so I started at, at school and like, I was doing pretty well cause there were like shows and people were there to watch the shows. Yeah. And then when I started like branching out and not doing shows at Grand Valley, I did the open mics and like, I bombed like so bad, like, cause I just had like a different expectation. Cause I just thought like, Oh, everybody was laughing at my jokes at school. But mm -hmm. then you go to a bar where there's like two people that are like so drunk that they're not even like 
paying attention to each other when they're yeah. having a conversation. Like they're <laughs> yeah. not going to pay <laughs> That's attention. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> like, yeah, it was just such like a different thing. And I remember being like, wow, like I thought I was so good at this. And now I like, I feel like I suck at going yeah. to the open mics, but then like doing the open mics more, it's kind of like, you just realize like, Oh, that's just normal. Yeah. Like sometimes there's just going to be a bad audience. And then like, that doesn't, that's not like a huge bomb, but the bombs when you're like doing a show yeah, and like people paid to be there and then you go up and just like eat crap. And then like that, that's the worst. And there was one earlier this year that I did and it was for this like, it was like this rich fundraising group in yeah. Dearborn, and it was like the Dearborn Country Club. Oh wow! Okay, okay. And it was like, who'd you book this through? Uh, Bill Bouchard oh, asked me. Nice, to do it. hell yeah! And it was, uh, yeah, it was like a fancier thing. Like they fed us like a dinner, and it was like people were dressed up, and uh, I was not. Oh no! Did you know? Did you know? Like, did you do it on I purpose or wear, by accident? Like, I knew to wear like something nice. Wear your nicest polo. Yeah, I wore a polo, and then I looked like the friggin' valet. Oh sh okay. Uh people with tuxes like tuxed out? Yeah, people had like tuxes on and like full suits and these were like like you know, real business people, like heads of banks. There's a like, Louis episode about this. It really? Yeah, yeah. There's a, it's like Louis goes to a sign we'll talk about that later. But uh this exact scenario. Yeah, we'll keep so then going. I, like, in front of these people without <laughs> <laughs> I gotta cut it. I gotta cut it, but that's okay. That's okay. It's a great joke. That's a great joke. We'll keep going. Uh no, I uh <laughs> I just remember Bill went up first, and Bill's like a freaking great Bill's a comedian. Beast. He's a genius. Yeah, yeah, he's good, man. And he's he went good, up good. there, and like, you know, he w went up kind of cold, and like, um, kind of won the room over a little bit. Was definitely like poking fun at the fact, like you guys can laugh at these kind of things. And then uh, Dan Britton went up after him. I don't think I know him. He did a little bit better, uh, and then Robert Horton went up after I him. I know him. Yeah, he did a little bit better, and then Bill comes up to me after because we were like doing fifteen minutes each, and Bill was like, "You can do twenty if you want," because he's like, "We're going a little quick." Do you got twenty? I I can do twenty. Like I'll be kind of stretching some it's of my jokes old. and doing a little. Uh, hey, what's going on over there? You pretty young thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, That's your go-to. <laughs> yeah, I guess, and it's like an old woman, so she feels yeah. flattered. Yeah, smart, smart. Um, but I remember like. He was like, you can do 20. So I was like, all right, cool. And I kind of slowed my pace down. And by the time I went up there, like, they were so checked out of all comedy that, like, there was a whole table that was just, like, talking amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. And then I did this insurance joke. And, like, th the table was like, we're insurance brokers. Insurance doesn't actually work like that. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, God. And they were just, like, not giving me anything. And I was just struggling through it. So then I went to do the, like, I have the Mexican restaurant joke that, I know does good, and I was like, this will kind of save me. Yeah. And I was halfway through the setup of it, and the lady that was organizing it, she just walks up on the stage and goes, all right, I think that's going to do it for comedy tonight. Ooh. <laughs> and then I had to just awkwardly be like, good night. And then I just oh handed her the mic God. and walked away, and it was great because all the other comedians were dying laughing. Yeah, and they, they were, were like, having a good time. They were like, I sent that, that lady. was a good one. <laughs> yeah, they were having a good time. So, yeah, yeah, and then I just remember driving home after that and being like, I'm not doing comedy ever again. Yeah. Yeah, it's like soul crushing. So mine was, I uh, I had taken that uh, advanced comedy class, and I hosted the show, right? And so uh, I was excited about that. That was cool, right? And so I was real geeked. Um, then like my parents said they were gonna come. They had never really had had saw anything before, so I definitely had them in my head, right? And then right before 
like the day before the, the day before this girl who I uh, had broken up with me and who I really liked and was actively trying to get her attention via Instagram stories. Right. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I thought like she was like, oh, hey, I'll be there. Right. <laughs> and so I like now this girl is in my head. Right. And then so I'm like and then I get up there and like I thought I dressed in the like cool. And then as I'm like driving, I'm like, dude, you look like an idiot. And then like, you know, I get up to the thing and like I'm sweating <laughs> and I'm like sweating profusely and I'm trying to like be whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just like not instead of feeling like excited, I'm, I'm like have all these variables right and then i get up there and i look down and then these two guys that used to work at the school i work at and they're just staring up at me okay by the way did not laugh at one thing okay did not laugh at one thing because if you say something that's not funny and a group of strangers does not laugh dude i i've been there done that i can get through that i know my thing is coming that's gonna make every laugh i'm good right but like so i i like they weren't really feeling it and it a lot to do with it you know, for you know, you're the host, right? So you got to like get them going, you know. Mm -hmm. So that had something to do with it, which I wasn't really used to. And then I get to my thing that makes everybody laughs, and then nobody laughs, oh. nobody laughs. And this was like my money, right? This was like to win everybody over to get me the, you know, to get me to the midpoint and get everybody home. And I'm thinking like my parents think I'm like a loser. Wasting like I feel like time. my parents are at like my recital, right? My <laughs> dance recital. I'm like this girl. This girl thinks I'm an, you know, this is like not good. And then I look down at my two buddies and they're just staring up at me, not let. I felt like it's like. Uh, you know, you feel like, you know, you've been telling everybody, dude, I've been doing, and like, you, you know, you hit one, you're like, I did a good last night. And then they come and they're like, dude, this guy's a loser. You know, that's what I felt. Everyone, and uh, I remember driving home being like, I'm done. Like, I'm done, man. I'm done. But all it takes is like one more. Yeah. It takes one more laugh. You're always chasing you that one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is really funny, too, because the mentality is like when you have a terrible set, you like drive home and you're like, I'm never doing this ever again. And then, like, when you have a freaking killer set, yeah. you're driving home and you're like, I'm never gonna quit. Yeah, I am God. <laughs> you, you I am a comedy God. Yeah, sidebar, it's just like so so different. You, go sidebar, go sidebar. You, you don't you don't get the bomb out the way. What do you mean? Like if I have something like that's either paid or longer, like a showcase or something, yeah. like I try to get the bomb out the way because like I always feel like a like a ticking time. Like I feel like it's a ticking time bomb, so I will try to get in as many mics out the like out the way, so you know just get that because I don't want to be because you know because everyone's due. Right, it everybody's do. Everybody's yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you guys, I'm sure you you got enough mics. Where my favorite mics are actually the ones where like everyone bombs. Yeah, yeah. And then these are really funny people. Like, no, these are really funny people. These are jokes that work. Yeah. But we're just everybody's bombing. Yeah. Like I don't know. I I try to get the bomb out the way. Like I'm doing a festival August 27th. Where at? Uh, Southwest Fest in Detroit. Hell yeah, dude. So nice. I was like, I just know like next week is, I'm just hitting every mic, trying just to like. Trying to bomb. Trying to bomb. You know, just get just get the nerves out. Just get like see what's working, what's not working. Just get it out. Try to get the flow. Because I know if I don't if I don't go to that festival with like trying to I guess like redeem myself or something like that. Like I'm just not like I I just don't want the bomb to be there, Mm. especially because I'm getting paid. Yeah, you know I never really I don't you know I never really feel like when I'm bombing I never really feel. I don't, I don't, it's hard to, exp- I don't, get it out of the way, no, I, I don't really, I feel like you can contract, like, I'm, I'm not saying this correct, but like, like if you, like, well, okay, why do you think, like when you've bombed, do you think it's because like, are you like an audience person, or are you like a me person, like what, like what do you think the reason is? 
It's like, what are you trying to get out of the way? Are you just trying to get like the bad? Are you just trying to get like the the. I'm bad trying to get that thing? bad feeling out of the way. Okay. I'm trying to get that bad feeling out of the way, right? So maybe sometimes I tend to lean into the bomb, where like I just oh. I'm not feeling like coming up tonight. I got you. And so I'll go out like I'll, those are like ironically enough. Sometimes those are your better sets, mm-hmm. but you know I just want to get that feeling of like uh, I don't ever want to do this ever again because yeah. like you're right, you know on on a on a bad set you you're just like oh why am i doing this you know and then yeah. you wake up the next day and you're just like oh this is funny yeah i'll tell that next week yeah see i i don't I'll, I'll be quiet and let you talk after this too but like uh i never feel like the bomb like during the bomb i never feel like why am i doing this and i think it's because of the sports because i just figure like it's practice yeah right it's like one it's one rep closer you know does that make sense but yeah go ahead go up, like the bombing like why do you think it's like a you or as an audience or or, or? I always think it's me because I always just like, yeah. oh man, they like they don't like me or yeah. like whatever it is. But uh, I think like it was early on when it was like a bomb when you started, like was devastating yeah. to me. Like when I first started and I would bomb, like I would literally be like, like I don't get it. Like I don't get why they're laughing. Like or like why they're not laughing. Like yeah. these jokes literally worked last night, and I don't know what the conditions are. Yeah. That like changed. Yeah. Um. But I do feel like there's like a weird. Now it doesn't care. Like I don't care as much, and it's similar because like it's kind of like ah, oh, this is practice. This is just gonna, yeah. what's gonna happen. Yeah. But like, uh. Sometimes like I'll go into a show and I'll be like. I don't know, like, I had a good set before, and this kind of plays into, like, the getting the bomb out of the way. Because sometimes, like, when I have a good set, I'll go into the show being like, this is going to go great. Yeah. And then want, yes, almost every yes, time I go true, into man. the show and I'm like, this is going to be great, like, I'm going to have a great set, I bomb in each and I'm like, wow, like, I was so misguided. Like, why would I think that? Mm-hmm. And then the times that I'm, like, the most nervous about it, I feel like I have my best sets. Because, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's almost like a... It, maybe is like a fight or flight kind of thing where you're like i'm so nervous about this already so like i'm gonna go out there and just like i have to get everything right because like i feel like the times when i'm like oh i know my material and stuff i'll go mm-hmm. up there and i'll like stumble over a word or like while i'm on stage i'm like forgetting where the next part of the story is so then you're kind of like um uh like you know you're yeah. kind of pausing while you're thinking of where it's gonna go yeah and like that i always like think like oh i was less prepared than i thought but then the times when i'm super nervous and i'm like i'm not gonna remember this new joke like it comes out exactly how i would need it to and you're like hell yeah like i don't know what that was but sometimes like when i first started i would get so nervous that i would like like minutes before like i would like dry heave like i would just be in the back like Mm -hmm. like, oh i can't believe you're about to do this dude and Mm -hmm. then like i would go up there and then i'd get like my first laugh and then i was like okay this is like a release being nervous is the fun part I think, yeah i believe yeah definitely it's a you're a sports guy right to- yeah i mean yeah, right yeah, yeah obviously you know it's like uh it's like when my when michigan like when my michigan state spartans when they start off really hot in basketball and everyone's super excited and i'm like i remember that one season we were like undefeated and i was like no we need to get this l out the way yeah. early yeah and everybody's like why do you want us to lose and i'm like dude because the last thing we want to do is just go undefeated into like close to the natty because yeah we're gonna get a good seed but we might choke you know you need to get that l out the way mm-hmm. early on i don't know i like getting i like getting that l out of the way mm-hmm. just, it helps recalibrate yeah. i think it's a re, i think it's good for recalibrating yeah, it's too. like humbling too yeah 
if you are not nerd like that's like so uh, like that's funny you said that because like when you said uh like being real comfortable and going in there i mean obviously being too like out of your own head like i was at that little hosting that's a disaster but when you're not nervous you're not like alert right you're not like alert and like sensitive and like you're not seeing like the crowd you're not seeing those little small things with the crowd to like lean in and get them or or you're losing like pick them back up yeah or like you're not like as desperate for a laugh yeah Yeah. like because like some sometimes there's like a weird desperation that like especially when you're in the middle of a bomb yeah where you're like can i just say anything to get a laugh right now yeah yeah and then like you being nervous and like them knowing that you're uncomfortable and that like you know that you suck in this moment yeah like that that doesn't help either and then you're like i'm bombing and they all know it yeah you don't want people (laughs) feeling bad for you yeah right that's like like nobody wants to go to a comedy show and they're like wow that guy's not doing good and he looks like it's gonna be rough (laughs) later on okay all right all right before we i want to make sure we hit this so you talked about so this is real interesting because when you first start doing the comedy like everybody's like like boom boom like feeling like good but but like full bowl full bowl and if you can go full bowl comedy you know six nights a week you know two god bless right god bless god bless but you know I, i don't know at least in my experience i have to like balance this like real life that's going on as far as like job and like family and all this stuff so how did you and you said well when you do it you were like full in and then you realize you're like missing your friends so how did you find like that balance that works i was getting fed up with my jokes okay and i realized like oh i do my best writing when i'm riffing with my friends not comics Uh uh-huh no offense to the comics but like your homie this is your crew yeah. right here no Jack it's Reese. just like something about like you know something natural about you know conversations with your friends you know you point out like dumb stuff that you went cause i feel like with comics everyone's trying to out- outdo each other with jokes or just trying to be funny and i feel like with your group of friends like if you're the funny one you kind of get more time <laughs> <laughs> you get more stage time you get more stage that's time. great that's yeah. great because like, like even now my friends don't know like when i'm because i'm con- you know everyone's constantly writing Right, so I'll go into a story, and then I'll kind of just stare off into the distance. Yeah, and I'm like working stuff out in my head, and they're like, "Oh, he's just writing." And yeah. like I was missing that with my friends because like I didn't really see them. So I think it was like six, seven months in where I was just like, "You know what? Stop! You don't need to hit five, seven mics a day. I mean, a week. You know, you're, yeah. You know, so now I have other mics that I picked out. Nice. And I mean, luckily I've made friends with a bunch of comics, especially those at the indie. Mm-hmm. So it's like a hangout now, which is like not a lot of pressure to be funny. Because you're I'm, indie just, hangout guy. You're yeah, an indie hangout. I, I guy. love the ghost light bar, dude. It's yeah. a fun. It's a fun spot to hang. It is cool. Yeah. And three dollar PBRs. Yeah. That's cool. Now, what about you? Like, are you like full, like full comedy, comedy, comedy? Or you got like a little band? Or how did you work that out? Uh, I always feel like, I don't know. Sometimes like there'll be times where you're kind of like. I don't know, there'll be days where I'm like, I just don't want to go to the open mic tonight. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot more of those, like, lately, and I'm kind of trying to get out of that habit. But also, like, I don't know, sometimes you go to an open mic and, like, you just kind of, like, wait. You put your name, you write your name down, and then you wait the two hours, and then you finally go up, and then you're like, okay, I just bombed for five minutes, and I pretty much wasted my whole night Mm -hmm. here. Um, So, like, sometimes it feels like there's not, like, a whole lot of value being gained other than, like, maybe just be feeling more comfortable with the mic in your hand telling yeah. the jokes yeah uh so like i always kind of try to like space it out where i'll hit like uh 
I'll have like a week or two weeks a month where I'll be like hitting mics, like ev- try to hit a mic like every day or like yeah. most days of the week. And then the other weeks, like I try to just write and then that'll give me something to like be excited to do at the open mics. Cause I yeah. think part of the, the frustration from open mics is like, it feels crappy to do your jokes in front of all the other comics who have heard these jokes hundreds of times. And like, they're not going to give you any reaction. Yeah. But like if you can tell a brand new joke in front of some comics and then you get a co- like comics to laugh, then you're like, okay, maybe that, yeah. maybe there's something with this. So like, I don't know. I just like doing that to keep myself fresh where it's like, okay, I have these like four or five jokes that I wrote the past two weeks that I'm like excited about to try them. And like 95% of them just are terrible. And you're like, I'll never say this ever again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But every once in a while you get one where you're like, oh, this is sweet. And then I'll just try to do it and then like move it up to a show. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I had to come. I had, I took like, I, I even see me in a while. Cause I was just like, I had another, like I'm out moment, you know, I've had, I'm like, I'm out. Like I'm, this is like, it was came. I like had, I had like hosted a show that I really wanted to host and I got paid and it was like, there was legit comedians on after and I like held my own. I didn't embarrass myself. And the next day, like, you know, it wasn't like people were calling me to be on another show. Yeah. It was the same grindy like system, you know? And so I was like, not, I was just like, dude, like what's the point of all this? Right. What's the point? And I just like, and I just like leaned in, I was like making that trailer. So I just like leaned into that. And then, uh, Travis Conte came on with Mary and, uh, Travis is something, Travis is a musician and he was like, yeah, man, when I lean into music, I do music. When I'm leaning into comedy, I do comedy. I don't feel guilty about it. And I was like, oh yeah, like you can, you can like, you can, uh, you can take that time to like with your like to like live and do your thing, and then when you're like ready to go, you're ready to go and not feel guilty about like not hitting a mic, mm-hmm. right? And now I'm like, I did a, a you know what got me back? I forgot I signed up for Detroit to LA. Mm-hmm. Oh, how do you guys sign up for that? You gotta contact Bill Bouchard. I messaged him last year. He never put me. In. Oh, he'll get you on, dude. He'll get you on. Can, can uh, you guys give me a, get, put in a word? This, this guy is. <laughs> I haven't is done working. it either. Okay. Oh, for okay. Real? We're a crew. We could we can go on there. We can do on as a crew. We can go on as a duo. Yeah, I'll do the setup. You do the punchline, <laughs> and then Let's we trade it. off. We'll do uh, like a ventriloquist kind of thing. Oh, where oh, I nice. can pretend to be the dummy. I, uh, Unless you want to be the. I dummy. I grew the hair out for a reason. <laughs> so you can be the dummy. Yeah, but anyway, I like I hit it and I like did good and I'm like back. I'm like yeah. writing again and I'm like writing more than I ever like when I was like right, 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 idiot. And now I'm like. I'm, I don't know. I felt like it was worth it. Like, I feel like re-energized. Well, I'm like, like excited yeah. to do it. It's like you don't stop being funny, mm-hmm. right? Even like, even even if you like take, you might lose like stage presence or, you know, not being used to being on stage, holding a mic. You know, I think that's just, that's rust that, you know, one or two mics yeah. gets rid of that. But you just, you don't stop being funny. True. Especially like if you, we all talk. Mm-hmm. we all have friends <laughs> continue to talk yeah, yeah you're right. you know what i'm saying it's like unless you, you know god forbid something happens where you can't knock on something on some part of this house right or it's but you just you don't lose it yeah that's and, a good point man and like taking a step back i feel always feel like it gives you more perspective on like things that are happening in your life where then like when you do kind of come back and you get that initial wave where you're like, oh, I could write about this, I could write about yeah, this. At yeah. least in my experience, a lot of times it'll be like stuff that kind of happened like months ago that I wasn't thinking of. Mm-hmm. And like coming back to it, like gave me that kind of spark to be like, oh, I could write a joke about that. Because sometimes when you're like, like when Jesus was talking about hanging out with your friends, 
is like you can kind of riff more with them because like nobody's trying to be funny we're just talking yeah. like how we always you're friends. talk yeah. yeah you're friends yeah but like when you hang out with comics like we're all trying to be the funny one so we're all like kind of weirdly overthinking it, it. gets weird sometimes man you ever like talk to a comic like and have a normal conversation and they're like punchlining you to death about it's, like the weather a, i always feel like i do that no oh, like, dude oh these people hate no names. No, no. <laughs> no names jack but i'm just kidding <laughs> No, there it does get weird because like you know sometimes it's just like I it feels like with certain comics like I don't even know them like for real. Oh wow, okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I just know their persona, which is on stage, mm-hmm. and I just if because like you you don't really get to like because they they do they just try to be the funny one. Is just like dude, like I don't even know where you went to high school or like yeah what you do for a living or if you do anything for you know it's which is I for me that's what gets like frustrating for me because I'm a very social person. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm not trying to be funny all the time. Like, no, I feel like, I, honestly, I don't. I didn't really know you that well, mm-hmm. but I'm getting to know you. So now I will come up and say what's up. We're best friends. Yeah, we now are best friends. But like you were someone that I'd kind of like come up, like you're saying like the class and I had no, so like you were someone I would be comfortable and like you were always, I like talking to you at, at those mics because you're just, we're like talking. We're not yeah. like trying to like, you know, punchline each other. We're just like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, what are you doing dude, this I weekend? Oh, dude, that's sweet. Beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no. I, like I have a life outside of comedy, you know. It's yeah. like I try a to very like, healthy social life <laughs> yeah. outside of comedy. Healthy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> take me with you, please. I'm about to be forty, dude. I need. I got. Dude, like, I got five more be, months. I'm about to be thirty-one, dude. I, I'm doing more adult things now. I got five more months of being in my thirties where I feel like I could still go to L Club and go to that stuff. So I need to go. You gotta take me with you, please, yeah, dude. I'm always down to hang. Like, just don't no punchlines. <laughs> I call you yeah, tomorrow that's, night. That's, I always have a problem with that, but also like taking a break is good too. Like, I don't know. I feel like mental health wise too, because yeah. like I feel like it kind of wears on you sometimes when you're like, I spent every night of the week, like for two or three hours at like a bar this week. Yeah, and like yeah. just listening to like uh open mic comedy and like worrying about my set and worrying yeah. about that and like yeah sometimes it's nice to just like have a week where you're like i'm not gonna worry about that i'm just gonna like play video games and live my life and yeah. then if i think of a funny joke then there's no pressure yeah but i do think that then there's sometimes where like after a bomb when you hang like i don't know if you guys a lot of time after i bomb i'm like i'm leaving because i don't want to talk to anybody i'll like, hang i'll hang on no, that man. but yeah. i think a lot of the times after a bomb like my head will just be racing and i've tried to like if i bomb at an open mic like sit at the open mic and just like kind of sit in it for a while and that's when i'll like think of tags or like because uh, okay. then i'm like okay the, this clearly didn't work five minutes ago and now this person's on stage and they're like crushing and they just got won the room back and i'm like okay i gotta rewrite that whole joke like yeah. or like f- re-figure out that whole thing and like i don't know i think a lot of times like I'll write a tag or something like either like the 10 minutes after I bombed or like the 10 minutes before I go on stage and I'm like, I got to think of something quick, like that they'll like. And then I just write something down real quick and then yeah, either I think works or it bombs. And then that's how you learn. And the rewrite's important. Oh my God. Like the I rewrite is so important. Yeah. I, it, after bombs, I, I, I record my sets, not all of them, but some of them and I'll just listen to them and I'm like, okay, I got to chuckle here, but it wasn't, like the setup, mm-hmm. like you know, sometimes we get stubborn. We're like, I love this setup. This premise is hilarious, you know. And I'm, I'll pace back and forth uh, anywhere in my car, and I'll just do a set and just talk it out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what helps me out, especially talking out to my friends. I was like, well, I did this joke, and it wasn't really working. I, I'm in office, so my <laughs> my coworkers are, yeah, stuck with me. And I, the 
actually the most when i'm talking about taking a step back every time i've taken a step back from comedy and got back to it like not like not like a super long break but yeah. you know two or three weeks yeah i've come back cleaner as a comic mm. you were talking about clean comic before we started yeah on the intro yeah i've come Jesus back rodriguez clean comic. clean comic book me uh i just i just because I sometimes I feel like we get too stuck in, like, the you know, you listen to everybody's set. And some people, some of us can get yeah. pretty dark. Yeah. Some of us can get hypersexual. Yeah. Like, just, you know, nasty, cringy. And real life isn't like that. Yeah, that's, like, what I feel like with, like, the social aspect is, like, I'll hang out with my regular friends. And, like, they'll just be make, cracking jokes about, like, everyday stuff. And I'm like, oh, I kind of forgot that I was spending a lot of time with, like, people that are, like, Happy to make jokes about anything. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like, like I don't know. I feel like the, you hang out in the comedian circle and everybody's got kind of like a messed up sense of humor. Yeah. And like, uh, it, it can make it a little like weird when you go and hang out with regular people because you're like, my friends oh, check me. Like, yeah, they're not going to like, my friends aren't just going to like make a casual, like an abortion joke. Yeah. They're, I've made, I've made, I've like uh, made people angry at me just because you can like, be pretty free around the comedians and then you'll like say something and like to make fun of them mm-hmm. and they're like oh my god like that was so mean <laughs> that's like, me with jokes about death because i'm really weird about death i don't know how to deal with it yeah so like someone will, uh, you know with the comedians you could just say the worst possible things about someone dying but you can't do that no in the in a, in a legitimate social setting like no. you'll get you get you get stares nor you know? should you nor should you, know, you, you should, no, yeah, yeah. yeah you know it's like but yeah it's just like you said, like just regular people laugh at regular stuff. So I think that helps you make. I think it makes you a better comic. You know, just taking a step back, it's clean up some of your material that you is like. Oh, this doesn't have to be, you know, sexual. It doesn't have to yeah. be cringy. It doesn't have to be nasty. It doesn't need as many cuss words because like normal people aren't like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you clean? Uh, I try. Like I try to not have as many swear words and jokes. Yeah. Um, but like. I, w- I wouldn't like hold myself to like a label of like oh I'm clean but like I definitely think that there's like a like I think you can have like a decent amount of swearing like yeah. in an act that'll kind of like like I, we were talking earlier about like I feel like you don't want the punchline to be the swear word oh but I think yeah I like that you can kind of like sell it or like bury it a little bit too like if you don't have a swear word in your act and then like you're like seven minutes in and then you like drop an f bomb effective yeah. Cause like then people are like oh means this, more holds yeah. more weight, and uh, I don't know. I think like it can be you know if your whole I don't ever want my whole act to be like this punchline is the swear word punchline is the swear word. That's You're weak, like, right? If the, if the punchline is a swear word, it's kind of a weak joke. I feel yeah. Cause like I look, I have a uh, this is my this is my joke book. I and see I, that. I, I uh I look at the early stuff like my first set, and you know there's little jokes about sex, there's jokes about yeah. like religion. And one of the best things actually a comic told me was like, you're not seasoned enough to do jokes about religion. Oh, wow. Okay. And, you know, it's like, and no, ego, like, no ego about it. I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, it's a heavy subject. I'm just not there yet. Yeah. He, he didn't say you, you couldn't or like you shouldn't. He's just like, you're just like, your delivery is just not there yet. You work on it. There's something there. But I, it's those jokes, those heavier subjects, yeah. they come with time. And once yeah. you're more comfortable with the mic and yeah. how to say set up a proper joke i but feel I th- that too because like there's like at least because i'm so young like i feel like i don't want to make any jokes about like super like real like or like heavy topics because like i don't know i think my perspective on it is like i'm young and like 
sometimes you can kind of sell the perspective of like, I don't get it because oh, I'm so young. Oh, smart. But also there's like a, nobody wants to hear like my opinion on like Roe v. Wade. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay for you to have opinions, right? right? But I mean, I, you've, I think you're it's an like, adult. It, but it's like weird to like have this, in my opinion, like I'll go up there and make like a few puns and then like be like, so here's actually what I think about abortion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It's a different <laughs> like they're thing. Like, well, yeah. who's this young little, who's this little rascal think he is? <laughs> yeah. You got a stick. You got a little stick there. It's worked, though. It yeah. works, though. It works, though. Mm-hmm. It's very good. I have. A, I had an abortion joke, and then I, I rewrote it to be not an abortion joke. It just, oh. it, it just has the word abortion in it. So you had the, okay, okay. I had a joke about abortion, and then I was like, it, it, would, it would work here and there, but I rewrote it to just, it, the word abortion is in the joke, but it's not yeah. necessarily an abortion joke. Smart. So I was like, it was like another, another Nate Bargetsy. He's a clean comic. Not, I'm not, not a clean comic. I just, but lately I've been clean. Jesus, Jesus Rodriguez, Rodriguez, clean comic. Book clean me. comic 2022. Uh, <laughs> no, but another big thing I learned was. That's like, the title. Of, that's going to be the title of the podcast. <laughs> clean comic. No, it was, um, when you talk about, you know, there's a lot of us bring our loved ones or people we love into our jokes and just naturally, yeah. cause that's what we yeah. write what we know about. Yeah. yeah. And then he said, um, he didn't. He didn't. Didn't make sense when you say you love someone or you care about someone or they're your friend, and then the next in the punchline you're talking down on them or you're making Smart. fun of them, which you see a lot of comics do. And I I did it a lot too. So I switched it up where he he talks about like you know you're the butt of the joke, right? Like you're yeah. you're the dumb one. You're the one who doesn't get it, or like you're not. It's kind of like yeah. being self-deprecating in a way, but maybe not to that extent. So I switched a lot of my jokes around where, like, I'm not making fun of my parents. Like, no, I'm the one that's messing up. Yeah. Like, I'm the idiot here. I'm the one that doesn't get it. Yeah. I think it helps me a lot. It helped me, it helped me in my writing process a lot. Yeah. I, I like, I, I, I like, uh, I heard someone talk, like, a, I heard a comic talk at an open mic that he experimented with uh, making himself, like, normally he's, like, crushing himself. And, like, a, you know, one of his friends was like, you got to stop doing that. You're, like, so much... You know, like people are getting the wrong impression, and he said, "Well, hey, I tried it last week, and I kind of tucked myself up, and everyone hated it, right? Like people, I, no one wants to, uh, like, like people like to laugh at the. I mean, it's like it's it makes you uh, like human yeah. when you're when you're making yourself the butt of the joke, right? It makes yourself like we've all been the butt of our jokes in our own lives. So when you're the butt of the joke, it makes us like relate to you or like if you're lording over us telling us how you're like dating all these girls and like you're so successful and all is there's like n- now i feel worse like what's yeah. happening here especially like, like in the open mic scene or like you know the early on where it's just like you're we're essentially nobodies yeah except for jack jack reeves jack reeves hosting weekends hosting weekends but you're, Margaret, you're yeah. about to say something jack go ahead well like it makes you feel like you're not a real person like if you're like up there talking about how you get all these women and like you don't have any jokes that are like making fun of yourself yeah you're like yeah who is that that guy but like yeah. it's like a certain like humility totally. where it's like oh like you know jesus can make a joke about himself and like you know it's funny because jesus is able to laugh at himself and mm-hmm. like yeah i don't know i think that that's such a huge thing is like making fun of yourself on stage, but not to the point where it's like self-deprecating. Yeah. Sad. Sad. Like, it's like that, sad. That's, uh, you don't want people feeling sorry for you. No. Or yeah. it's like with your buddies, like when you tell a story to your friends, we keep saying buddies, but you can have friends that are guys and girls, right? Mm-hmm. So your friends, but uh, the, your best stories are the ones where you're telling them a situation where you probably like failed or screwed up or made a mistake or, or you're the butt of the joke, right? Mm-hmm. Not like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know? So anyway, yeah, that's that's all right um i have another question 
Okay. And then I'll open the floor to anything that you questions or you guys want to talk about, right? This is your guys' podcast. I am just the I'm just the person with the the computer. The maestro. The maestro, yeah. Conductor. Um are you I'll go Jesus first and then Jack. Are you so you have a you have a day job, right? Pretty good day job. And what did you go to Grand Valley for? Statistics. Are you doing that right now? Yeah, I work as like a data analyst. Okay, da- so you're and then you're working at. I work in healthcare. And healthcare. Okay, did you have to go to school for that, or did you get that job? Nah. That's awesome, right? But it's a job. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's a job. It's a job. It's yeah. like a for real. Like yeah, you're doing yeah. good. You're doing. We've talked about it, right? Yeah, I study sociology. Yeah, <laughs> I work in healthcare. Um, where did you go to school? Michigan State. Oh, that's right. I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Um, we've talked about that before. Spartan my bad. Dogs. My bad. Spartan dogs. <laughs> um, are you doing comedy? Is it like comedy or bust? And this day job is just like something you're doing to like survive and pay bills, or is, is it like you have this career and you're following this path? And comedy is a hobby plus. I mean, it's a hobby plus for all. Like, I don't think anyone is just like, oh, a hobby. Like you're, you know, you're doing a train set. But is it like a hobby plus where you love doing it? You like the people. If something pops, that's great, but you're very happy with where it's at and you can and, and you're satisfied. I uh I have like goals. Okay. Like mile, uh, not goals, milestones. Oh, that's a good word. That's right? a good word. Yeah. Like I where it's I wanna do th- I wanna get good enough and do this where my my day job gets in the way of my comedy. Oh wow. Wow. So then I think I think once I hit that then that's where real decision making is gonna start. Where it's just like, is at that point, it's just like, what are we gonna do here? Like, is this like, yeah? Are you gonna take the dive? Like, are you gonna like say, yeah, f it and let's clean comedy? Are you? Gonna <laughs> <laughs> are you? Just, we know what word you meant, which yeah. uncleans it, but that's okay. But no, are you gonna like jump in and do this for real? And I, I don't feel like I'm there yet. I like where I'm at right now. Yeah. Right. You know, I like getting asked to do shows here and there asking to be shows on here and there yeah auditioning for stuff getting booked that's a lot of fun so i'd say my trajectory like my milestones are where i, I would like to be at right now because yeah. like a year and a half in comedy still early right so it's, it's a like, puppy man puppy dog so it's but i understand that at the, i started this a little bit older like 30 i know you're a little bit older than me but it's, that hurts my feelings but continue but I feel like my timeline, like I don't, I don't want to get big at fifty. You know what I'm saying? What does that mean? Like, like that's too late. Like to me, like I, like I feel like, I, like a, you know, family and all that stuff like that. I feel like I, I know I won't be able to go as hard, like in, into my forties, just the well, way I live. But I can see. What like if you're, I'm, what if you're a sad single man like me that can just has no, you can, I'm kidding. Go ahead, Jack. But I can see like, you know, I picture Jesus Rodriguez, 50 years old, clean comic, obviously. Uh, a lot of jokes about your family. Uh, about like impending retirement. <laughs> I, I don't know. So it's, a, is it, it, is it safe to say that it's not comedy or bust, it's hobby plus? Closer to comedy or bus. Comedy or bus. Closer to comedy or bus. Wow. Okay. Given the opportunity, I've talked to my my boss about. It. I was like, I was like, dude, if I have like a good weekend somewhere, you know, I get asked to do like, you know, do the hosting. The gig. Southwest Fest. How about the Southwest <laughs> Fest, which is legit, legit. I'm actually pretty nervous for that. I'm supposed to be writing jokes about living in the hood for that, and I haven't. I have a couple, okay. a couple here and there, but you know, it's, it's I'm the only comic on that. By the way, it's it's, it's a That's music sweet. it's a music festival. Are you stuff. where are you at in the lineup? 
Uh, I'm on at 3 p.m. So right before everybody gets drunk. Can I can I buy a ticket to this? Oh, uh, it's free. Senate Theater, August 27th. I'm gonna write that down August 27th. I'll be there, man. Yeah. I'd love to be there. You know, we'll I mean, go together, Jack. Now that we're best friends, yeah, can't wait. Crew. I'll pick you up. I'll pick you up in Hazel Park. Yeah, no, I want to get to a point where it's this. My day job is interfering with my comedy. That's great. That's great, Jack. I kind of am in a similar like like I have certain milestones that I want to reach, but like I think I'm in a very fortunate situation where like the money aspect of comedy isn't something that like I need right now. Okay. And, uh, like, you know, it's amazing to get paid for shows, but like, um, I kind of, like I have certain milestones and like, I want to get to a point where like, like either I have to go to my boss and be like, you know, like, look, I'm trying to do traveling and like Mm -hmm. go on the road and like do this comedy thing for real. Like, you know, and if the work isn't going to like line up with that, then maybe I have to like quit and try to do something like freelance or. So you're ready to do that. Not not like, I don't know, I envision myself kind of probably still working my job for at least another 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know, probably like three years. Okay. Four years. I mean, I have no idea. So I consider that like comedy or bust. That's not, like, not like, yeah, I would like love you're, to, you're serious, serious about, yeah, Mike, you want to be a professional say, comedian. That's like, if someone's like, hey, Jack, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? You're not saying, well, I want to work in statistics. Right, but, but I want to be. I want to be. It would be really amazing to work in like sports stats. That's like okay. a, a, I guess, professional goal I have, yeah. and like that's kind of where I'm like, if I can work comedy out and sports stats out, like I'd be living a freaking dream. That's the major leagues of statistics is sports stats. Yeah, and being a professional comedian is the major leagues of comedy. Yeah, but like I you do, want it all, man. I do like. I think it would be cool to work in either one of those, and like. Uh, comedy is like, I mean, I would definitely consider it like a career aspiration. Yeah, hopefully. hell yeah. But if it doesn't work out, whatever. It's not what my life had planned. That's awesome, man. You, That's, know? you guys should have been got... a clean comedian. <laughs> <laughs> we could always just write for SNL. True. Um, not after this pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do you guys want to? So a couple, a couple comedians, uh, like uh like Danielle and and Emma they have like a little uh and, and Grace and a couple dudes they got like a sketch class and I took sketch at Planet Ant are you I'm in that too that okay well then Jack you're not part of this conversation right. so I took sketch 1 through 6 at Planet Ant I had two good sketches they were performed they were in a real show I've told them this many times I've said I would love to write a sketch a guest sketch I've been refused many times so I'd like to start a rival sketch group a rival sketch group and crush them. So Jesus, you said you want to write. Are you in, dude? I'm Jack. Done. You want to do like a double agent type you want of thing? A double dip. Yeah, I mean, I, guys, I'm all booked up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm. I don't think that. Did they just outright reject you from doing? I. The quote was. The quote was. I said, hey, like, here's what I want to do. I want to just write a sketch. You don't have to like, like. I just. I loved it. I loved that class. That class was so. Awesome. Plus, it gave me a reason to hang out at the Ghost Light for every Thursday, right? Because we do our sketch and then we go hang out. It was great. It was like a perfect thing. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's how I got into the comedy thing, which I've told that story on here. Like, whatever. No one wants to hear that. But uh, uh, I love writing the sketches. It was a lot of fun. It was challenging. Talk about like rewriting. Um, it, you know, like it got better every time you touch it. And so I was like, hey, I want to write a sketch. Um, I can like, I don't even have to like do it as me i'll just give it to one of you and and they were like 
Oh, we have enough sketches. Thank you, though. I honestly, right away, I'll, I'll, uh, if they don't want to accept it, I'll, you could just give it to me, and then I'll be like, "Here's a sketch I wrote, and it's just the one that you wrote." Okay. Oh, and then, they do sketch. Yeah, because Grace, she didn't ask me to be and to be a writer, but she did ask me if I wanted to like act. Oh, so did. Wanna, oh, yeah. I was out of town. Though. We can't be writers, but we can be actors. Well, I want to be a writer, Jesus. So I if you want to be a writer too, with man. me, all right. And you got the gear. I mean, we do pretty dirty uh, stuff, Jesus. See, we can't. We we'll do clean. It's all clean. I have to be clean. I'm cl- I, my comedy thing not exactly like I'm not focused on being clean, but I'm like if this is recorded and handed into the school board office, I cannot be fired. Right. That's what I'm always thinking. I'm Con- in the same similar. Book. Yeah. Like I just yeah. like if my bosses see this, like yeah. Well, I think it just is like a natural thing to be like I'd repur- I'd prefer there be a recording of me talking about baseball rather than like talking about like having sex with some girl really graphically. Yeah. Fair enough. Like. Fair enough. It's funny that like like I don't know that there's just some comedians and they're like, that's just what I do. Yeah, and, like they're so good at it. Go it's for just, it, man. Like, funny to be like, yeah, this guy's got a whole twenty minutes on uh, <laughs> the female anatomy. Yeah, and the, but the thing is too, if, if I try to, I'm I don't even like when I'm with my friend. Like that's I'm just me. Like when I'm up there, I try to like someone had said that like when I had a really good set, someone had made a comment and they were like, wow, I felt like you were really like telling the truth. Like, that was you up there. Mm-hmm. And then when I had Melanie Hearn on, Melanie, this is what I'm saying, like, master's class in comedy doing this podcast, she was like, she was like, that's the, like, you know, we've talked about, we did talk, I have talked about with her. She's like, you, you are, like, you're at your best when you're, like, porn, you're, like, like, your feel, your emotion, like, your true emotion is in the joke, like, is in the joke. And you take this, like, maybe tough situation and you create a joke about it, but you're the, the, the like the hurt is still in the in the, in the joke yeah. in the presentation. But it's a joke, and so I don't know. Well, and I, I don't like. like uh, yeah, go ahead. I'll give you a compliment because you gave us such kind oh, of compliments. Oh my gosh, thank you. Um, I don't know. The first time I saw you was yeah. at Parts and Labor. Okay. And like, it was like kind of like when the things were starting to open back up, yeah. and like Parts and Labor might have just started back up since the pandemic. Yeah. And like, I didn't really know you. I saw. You and Preston Hart were kind of like sitting at the bar, yeah, talking next to each other, and I was like, "These are like two men, like <laughs> <laughs> two brothers." <laughs> yeah, and uh, I didn't really like know what to expect. And then both you guys went up, and like I just thought with your like, you had such an amazing stage presence. Oh, where, like, cool, thank you. Yeah, like it definitely feels like you're kind of just like being genuine, and like there's like a almost not a I wouldn't say a conversational aspect because you're not like yeah. inviting other people to talk during yeah. it, but like. It feels very like make them feel welcome. Yeah, you feel oh, very cool. like authentic yeah. and like like I don't know. I feel Must like be a you. teacher thing. Thank you. Yeah, maybe it is. I have trouble with compliments. Thank you. I think Thank all you. of us do. Well, yeah. you're blushing. I know. I'm like good Ooh. heavens, you're blushing. I'm like. Ooh. Um, is there anything you guys want to talk about before we uh, we done like over an hour? Is there anything oh, you guys want to talk about? Like anything you want to have on your mind? I think for me, like the biggest thing, like th- the final comedy thoughts. I think it's. The writing, like I think, I'm always very interested in how other people write, right? Because like, let's talk about that. I'm gonna open up another cr- cr- beverage. Why we do that? I'm gonna open up my Pop Tart. Yeah, fair. Sponsor Get, of the no, pod. Because <laughs> Christopher Golvison, he's a he's a really funny comic. Yeah, I know. Chris. And he tells me like his writing process, and I get so jealous, just like super jealous hearing these people that just Google. Danielle does it too. Google Docs, just of 
comedy writings and then you look at my notebooks and it's just like scribbles here scribbles there and mm. and sometimes it feels like i i'm not getting the most out of my joke because i don't have that i don't have i'm not able to sit down and write out and just stretch it out and then just so i can go back in there and cut stuff out i'm always very fascinated like how like what like how do you do your writing like all right well time out time out uh if you're writing you're winning right if you're writing you're winning so and also you're uh like i i see all these i see all these different teachers and they all have different desks right so i'm like crazy productive i'm crazy productive but my desk (laughs) my jack's crushing a pop drive my desk is a mess right and i'm not saying that's positive i'm not saying that's negative but i'm saying like every time i organize my desk it gets messy in a day and i'm saying every time i've tried a planner i bought a planner again this year uh every time i buy a planner it does not work every time i make lists in the morning like benjamin franklin i lose the list by midday right so it's like that does not work for me. So I don't, I don't think like, if you're writing, you're winning. Because like, your writing process doesn't have to match theirs. And it's like if you're writing, you're winning because like, it works for you. Uh, when I'm at my best, when I'm at my best writing, um, I, and this is not happening lately, so shame on me. I need to get that going. And that was one of the reasons I got pissed about like shut down the comedy. I was like, dude, like, you're, you're not writing. And like you're stagnant. And like I did that 15 minutes, and I hosted that show, and I was like, okay, now what? right like now what okay we're gonna take the same like let's go like start writing but uh I, I think like you write more if you go up so that was a false that was not the best way to do that uh i'm at my best when i like pick a topic that i think is funny or maybe like i've had some notes in my phone and i put it in the middle and then i just like bubble like anything like nothing is wrong nothing is wrong and then i do that and then i'll uh if like a joke comes then you know, like a like I'll I'll actually like write the joke on a like a side thing, blah 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 blah, and then it's kind of like the sketches. The best things come as I return to the bubble sheet, and I return and I return and I return, and nothing ever has come great from uh, that first bubble or that first joke. And actually, all that like I had Sam. Actually, if you guys want to do this, uh, this would be great. Uh, I had Sam and Ryan over, and I tried to have more people. But like I want to do it like once a month, and everyone brings twenty jokes, Oof. and everyone just but no, but like or whatever, bring your ten, whatever it is, and you just like just can't, not like do a set. We're just like we're on the couch, and like we're sitting in here, it's pretty similar, and you just say your twenty jokes, and we'd be like yes, no, or like yes, no, or something, right? And so like I had written these twenty jokes, and I never touched them again. And I'm listening to Sam Rager, who's a crusher. She's a killer. And then like Ryan Brian, Ryan Brown says his stuff. And it's like so clever. And and the whole thing is like their stuff is like they're like saying things, but they're also like saying things, right? Like with jokes with like almost like a like a little something behind them. And I'm just like, my losing hair, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. So it's like I just think like you have that book and that's how you do it. And if you like are returning to the book, you can't lose. Yeah, because like, it's like I feel like I should be doing more right because like, I don't have that many jokes, right? I I do revisit a lot of my jokes, like a lot of the old stuff yeah. that I write, and it's just like it's just like I I get in a lot of ruts, writing ruts where I just give up, and that's when I go back into the book, 
And yeah. then sometimes even just changing the way, like I told you about the abortion joke. Yeah. Well, I just I stopped making it about abortions and just the word abortions in there. Yeah. But it's not an abortion joke. Yeah. So I, I think that helps me. But the pacing, that's what I, I like to do. The pacing back and forth. I know I listened to the pot earlier. Mary was talking about oh pacing. so good yeah that she's, was yeah she's hilarious i'm on travis's like i'm with i'm with travis on this i don't like the phone i was big on writing on the phone and then i'm like i need to write it if I, I don't like the phone i, I don't ret- i don't touch my phone i've noticed that that like if i write a note down on the phone i don't go back to it yeah yeah well i just like a uh, two months later you have a hundred notes that say like spaghetti sauce you have no idea what it was what is uh what is your running process? I use the phone almost Oh, like let's hear about it. Let's hear about it. Well, I use it to like if I'm somewhere and I I just won't like bring a notebook with me. Mm-hmm. But I'll just jot down like if something funny happens or I think of like I was I feel like I have like two sections of jokes where like half my jokes are just dumb puns that I like to write with mm-hmm. like I'll think of a phrase and be like how could I work that either into a punchline or a setup? Mm-hmm. And then I have those, and then I just have other ones that are, like, more, I wouldn't call them story jokes, but they're more, like, they're not just, like, puns, I guess, or, like, wordplay jokes. Yeah. And uh, I'll just write anything I hear down, and then I'll just, like... But you go back to it. Yeah, and then what I'll do is I'll try to take, like, an hour either, like, after work or if I'm, like, especially if I'm, like, in a situation where I'm not going to open mics a lot, I'll try to sit down and, like, type something out that's, like, a little bit more cohesive or there is, like, a punchline. Yeah. Or just have it sitting there, and then sometimes when I get bored, I'll just, like, scroll all the way to the top to stuff that I wrote, like, before the pandemic. And yeah. just be, like... To the back of his phone and, and get there was stuff. A, there was a big white whale <laughs> uh, in those waters. No, I don't know. I'm, uh, I just take the notes in my phone of, like, anything that pops up, and then I'll sit down and try to, like... If I have time, free time in the day... Like, I, I don't... I think that's something I need to get better at is, yeah. like carving out time to be like okay i need to spend an hour writing or this much time you know Mm -hmm. every week writing but i'm just i'm pretty loose about that and then like i've always kind of been like a procrastinator okay so like many comedians are procrastinating yeah many seems to be many comedians thrive on it but like there's something about like knowing like a show's coming up and then like looking through jokes and being like okay i gotta write something out of this and like that desperation like the deadline kind of helps to like motivate me some but uh, like if there was no deadline kind of like how you were saying with the pandemic mm-hmm. when you're like dude you're not writing mm-hmm. it's kind of like yeah you don't, there's no deadline so what's the point i uh so i was trying to write for 20 minutes a day and that was failing miserably and then it was like making me frustrated then the 20 minute then i wouldn't even want to start because i knew i had to go for 20 minutes so i try i've been doing this so i'll journal so i have a book like yours and i'll journal a page and it's like you get like the brain, the pen thing going. And then after I'll just write some jokes that come or I'll go return the material and I just do it. And it's like, I noticed that like I was putting and I would just like tie myself or I would like, you know, no big deal or like count how many jokes. And it was like, you know, you write like one joke a day or you return material and write one joke a day well, dude, that's five jokes or like six, seven jokes. And it was like way less intimidating than me being like, oh, I'm going to write for 20 minutes. It was like, yeah. I'm going to journal and I'm going to look over my stuff because I have all my stuff here and I'm going to see what happens. And if I can get one, I'll get one. And it's, I, I don't know. And some days I'll get four then because you start flowing. Yeah. But it, like, I don't, I don't think like, at least for me being like 
you know, 20 minutes a day, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to write. I just, it, it became like a, like a sense of uh, like failure and frustration as opposed to like a sense of like getting something done. Yeah. And then it like kind of sucks the fun out of it. And then you look like, forward to the it. point of me doing this yeah. is to have fun. Yeah. Lately what I've been doing is like, I'll have like the premise or the setup. And I know that was frustrating for me because like I would go on stage and I'm like, this is getting last. But then like I'll try a punchline. And it's not, there's no punchline. Yeah. And I think that's what, that's when I, I think that's what I realized. I like, Oh, this joke doesn't have a punchline. Okay. Like, it's just a setup. Okay. It's just a setup. It's just a premise and a setup. Yeah. And I think once that clicked, I was like, okay, doesn't mean you can't say them on stage, like, especially on open mics. Like, yeah, you can't say them like, a, like at a show, but yeah. I can say these at an open mic. And then I would just go back and just riff on it. I think Mark Norman was talking about how, like, you know, he would take down, compare two things. So I was kind of doing that. And I think that's helped me, that helped me build out three other jokes. Oh, they're, yeah. they're pretty quick jokes, but. It's, there, joke, it's like i have a joke about because i had a, i used to have a joke about i still have it it's a you know the signs that say it like attractions yeah yeah i, I was actually driving to chicago and we, i saw one that said gravity park and <laughs> i go into a bit about it but it didn't have a punchline but now it's getting it's it's, it's getting there because now i have i have something there yeah and it's just so i'm revisiting and pacing that's what has helped revisiting and then just like not being in love with the joke where i can change it that's 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 very self-reflective yeah well and like the thing we were saying about uh like the compare to that's like such a classic setup that yeah like, is such a good like exercise like when you're like uh, i don't know uh school is a lot like this yeah and like almost the the formula almost always is like two comparisons that everybody knows and then one that's like really clever and like just so well well thought out yeah and like i mean i always like kind of doing those like trying to just like write two random topics on a paper and then be like how can i connect these in any oh, way oh smart i feel like if i would have taken the comedy class i would have gotten there a lot sooner dude let's go man let's do let's do this uh little joke writing thing i'm down be, for yeah, joke writing that'd be fun to me the the one of the best parts about comedy is the pro like the process watching other people come up with jokes mm -hmm. you come up with jokes like helping you tag like i don't mm -hmm. yeah and like seeing like i always love going to open mics and like seeing somebody do a new joke and it's like a killer bit and you're like i wish that i had that mm -hmm. like that's amazing and uh, then and then seeing it at the open mic when it's first starting out and then you see you know a couple months later you're doing a show with the person mm -hmm. and they got it like kind of figured out a little mm -hmm. bit and then that joke crushes and you're like nice mm -hmm. i saw mel i sent mel before i even like i know kind of know melly now we talk a little bit when we see each other uh she did the podcast and stuff she's cool as hell mm -hmm. uh before i even knew melanie like she knew like i knew to like say hello uh i saw her over like the course of like three open mics like f like work this bit out and then i saw her down at uh we did a uh that was my comedy moment when I finally I like did a little three minute ten dollar or five dollar paid gig at Trixie's, which I thought was like, dude, I'm a comedy dude, money. let's go. But that was like always where I wanted to do it at. Like in that ham ham area. That's like where I wanted to like I saw Connor I saw Connor Mead. We're getting I'm getting distracted right. Anyway, let me finish the Melanie Hearn story. But anyway, I saw her then crush the bit at Trixie's. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh dude, that was amazing. But anyway, my comic moment was like I saw Connor Mead 
do it was like this improv show and she did like comedy at it and it was like 30 people at the show and i was like dude this is such a cool venue that's what i want to do and then i like did it at trixie's and i was like dude i did it anyway heck yeah yeah well, cool. i have a fun melanie story because uh her and i were on a show together yeah. in like brighton yeah and we carpooled together and like we had never really talked like we'd we'd uh see yeah. each other at open mics but we didn't like really know each other so it was kind of like a little awkward at first we were kind of just both like doing icebreakers <laughs> a little bit <laughs> yeah but then like by the end of it like we were really talking and then we did the show and she just absolutely destroyed she's a killer man she's kills. a killer and then she was just venting to me about like some frustration she was having uh like with a bit yeah and she was like you know i really want this bit to work and then she was just kind of like I, I was just like i'll you know you can go off like tell me everything about the bit and yeah. just kind of like she was going off about it and then like you could i could tell that there were some moments where she was like like oh I, this could be part of it too this yeah, could be part yeah, of it too yeah. and then like flashback to like just a couple weeks ago and i see her up on stage and she was doing the Ooh, bit that's and so she cool. has it figured out so cool and she's like you could see like she's kind of getting the beat like you know she's like it's cool to see like just her being like god i got this premise and i can't figure it out to yeah. now like she has the skeleton of a joke and you can tell like probably in another few months that joke's going to be like perfect yeah or like you know to the point where she's just crushing with it yeah. everywhere so it goes back to like uh, like to return to the uh, dirty versus clean right so when you're like when you're dirty you're able uh, not always not always right but when like the, like like when you're dirty you can mask like the gaps in the in the joke with this is like this is shocking funny language right and it almost like hampers your ability to, to like go through that process and like the people that are really really good and that's like the thing uh one of the reasons i wanted to do the podcast is the people that are really really good and when you talk to them they're so smart like all the really good comedians are so smart like maybe like I, okay like, like um, you know some maybe everyone isn't like phd whatever right but it's like and that's who cares about that to be honest but like they're so like detail oriented and like and and like their brain works so well like they're so smart and so it's like so interesting to watch that does that does that make sense no yeah no it's 100% because like you'll see you'll see someone do like does someone do the same bit five mm -hmm. times mm -hmm. but every time it's just a little bit different mm -hmm. a little bit different and I don't think people realize uh you know people that don't do stand-up regularly like switching around one or two words yeah switching around the way you say it maybe placing this in front of that yeah will change the entirety of the joke the psychology of it yeah where it's just i one of the like uh when nate Bargetti, uh i keep bringing him up clean comic jesus book me uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but he talked about how he used to have a bit about you know where he talked about this old this old lady who was mean to him and I, ha I have a bit about similar to that, too. And it was a true story about this, like, about my name. I have a name tag. And this lady was, like, basically cussing me out because of my name tag. Yeah. And it would be 50-50. I changed the, the old lady to an old man. Oh, my. Okay. And it's just, like, because when you think of religious old lady, you think yeah. of, like, this fragile yeah. old yes. lady. You yes. think of, you think yes. of religious old man. It's just, yeah. like, this decrepit dude that touches people. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's, like, yeah. it's, it, it just changes the the, the – 
who you're picturing in your head. So it makes it a lot 100%. easier. To, it makes it a lot easier to be mean to someone like that as opposed to the little old religious lady, even though she did cuss me out. Okay, similar, <laughs> and right? Still not over it. You, I don't know if you remember, but I have this joke about oppositional defiant, like a parent comes yeah, in. Yeah. Okay, and I talk about like, why don't you talk about that at dinner, where like you're probably not having as a family, right? So if I say woman, like a mom comes in, then everyone pictures a mom having like kids aren't eating all together because the mom is too busy because she's overworked and she's the dad is not there and the and it's like they're like dude screw you mark on like making fun of that woman who's not eating dinner with her kids mom yes yes but if i say like so hard i say the dad came in and i say go you know go have dinner with why don't you talk about that at dinner which you're not having together as a family everyone laughs if it's if it's a guy it's a guy yeah it's crazy yeah because the psychology of it but that's like the cool part is then you kind of get this like weird like, okay, this is where we've drawn the line. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. you kind of get like a little bit of like a preview into like, okay, I can joke about this. I can't joke about that. Yeah. And then, I don't know. I think some of that does help like with then trying to gear a joke. It gives you a little bit better of like a sense of a comp- like a compass Yeah. to be like, okay, I can maybe make a joke about this then. Yeah. Because I really like uh, like... I kind of try to start my sets like a little bit like goofier and sillier mm-hmm. where like you're kind of like establishing trust early where you're like, okay, this guy's going to tell jokes. Like there's going to be a certain level of like weird, clever, hopefully like, you know, humor. You're goofing, going you're goofing up there. But then, yeah. then you can kind of like try to sneak one that's like a little bit edgier. And then like if they, if you've already kind of earned the trust where they're like, okay, we're going to get away with this guy's it. jokes. That's like really fun because then it kind of can get to the point where you're like, well, what else can I joke about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have I have some heavier ones, and that's why I started being lighter early on, because when I do get to the joke about <laughs> gun violence, yeah, okay, okay, thank you. you. Know, it, it doesn't hit as hard, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, the joke hits, but it's like you're like, oh, this you're not guy, being mean. You're not, you're not yeah, a mean I'm not guy. Being mean. And, I, and I I never make fun of like you know actual gun violence. You know, yeah. I'm more talking sort of talking about people against gun laws and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. May rub some people the wrong way, but if you're not rubbing, man, what are we doing? Yeah. If we're not yeah, rubbing, what are we doing? Um all right guys, we've we've gone like maybe even two hours now. Uh thank you very much. Fist bump. Thank you, fist bump. Thank you, fist bump. Um there we go. ASA podcast. We got Say your name. Jesus Rodriguez. And I'm Jack Reeves. There we go. Thank you very much. See you guys next time. What's Dude, really I hope big? you guys had a good time. What's really good? What's really hood? What's really poppin'? What really should be? We These got you. Uh, really we got it. They really could. Get it, man. Forget it. I wish they would. I had to give the gas a touch. Mash the clutch. Cause going fast is a habit to cut it. I go past, leave you back in my dust like road rash. Make you cats go crash in the back of a truck. I'm like Bruce Lee, bad as they come. Coming back like his son, Brandon. Smacking actors with guns and landing like Michael after slamming a dunk. On the runway to heaven, cause that's where Kevin is from. Like I was sent from the sun, setting the gap from the slump. Never letting all the stress overcome, it's a blessing. And that's no question, so guessing is dumb. But hold up, one second, cause the lesson isn't done. I've been messing with these hi-hats, kicks and drums. But started way after I crafted some lyrics when young. So don't think for one second you're comparing the cunning. Just think for one second, stop staring and fronting. What's really big? 
What's really good? What's really hood? What's really poppin'? What really should be? These imposters really want it, they really could. Get it, man, forget it. I wish they would. What's really big? What's really good? What's really hood? What's really poppin'? What really should be? These imposters really want it, they really could. Get it, man, forget it. I wish they would.